Ruby Ryder here. Welcome to Pegging Paradise Podcast number 278. Changing the world one ass at a time. <laughs> My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcast is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get onto the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partner's. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Do not let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you'd like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early, as well as a 24-7 chat channel full of pegging aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. There is a donation button right on the front of my website that you can click if you are interested in becoming a patron. So I wanted to share with you a little tidbit I communicate with my patrons through email, and every time I put a podcast out, I send an email. That email also has links to all kinds of explicit material, and I mentioned this because that's why I got kicked off a MailChimp, right? So I got this response to those links to the explicit GIFs and pictures and short video clips from one of my patrons. Wow, hot clips. You have helped me with a lot of opportunities to blush madly in front of my wife while she laughs jovially at my embarrassment. (laughs) So there you go. That could be part of being a patron too. Another way to support my work is by shopping at EnticeMe.com, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to EnticeMe and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys, specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire order, use the coupon code RIDER. That's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment's the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of Entice Me, and you'll be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. (laughs) So let us start right off with your letters here. Ruby, I've written to you a couple times letters about my good fortune to be pegged by my former partner and now my wife. It's been a year or so since my last correspondence. I'm reaching out again because of a relatively new dimension my wife and I have added to our sex life, and that is leather. For her, that means straps that match the harness for her strap-ons that frame her beautiful breasts and a separate leather topless corset. For me, it's straps that buckle over the shoulders and leave a single wide strap that crosses my chest, giving my wife something to grip for leverage to fuck me as hard as she wants. It's insane how hot we get seeing each other in our leather strappage. I have a matching pair of crotchless leather straps that was billed by the maker on Etsy as gay men's panties. That description made me laugh until I discovered that such a getup, tops and bottoms, really aren't marketed to straight men, nor do they seem to make appearances in straight porn or even much pegging porn. 
my online searches for men leather straps or harnesses led me to loads of gay porn. I don't mind being taken down such rabbit holes, though. I have admitted only to my wife, and now to you, Ruby, <laughs> to harboring an unrequited by curiosity and desire to suck a real cock, not just my wife's strap-ons. Another fantasy of mine my perfect wife finds hot and says she wants to witness and join me doing, bless her. Nevertheless, I'm left to wonder if other straight men, especially those who were lucky enough to have female partners enthusiastically pegging them, have not discovered the wonders of leather strappage and the lava of cum it can unleash. <laughs> My wife's strap-on harness alone set me shopping for matching his and hers leather fetish wear. Surely I am not alone in doing so, or am I? Ruby, I've been listening to your podcast for the past several years, as I said, but I don't recall hearing you explore the connection between pegging and other leather gear or sex wear, or if such a connection exists outside of the bedroom of my wife and I. Is this something you could address on a future episode? I sure hope so. Signed, Strapped for Action. <laughs> and the PS said I had permission to read this on the podcast. So here is my experience of leather strappage. And I love the way that you have phrased that strappage. I'm not sure if I've heard it called that before, but it's a fantastic phrase for it. Leather harnesses, leather wear. And I'm not talking about like leather wear, like vests and pants and jackets and stuff like that. I'm literally talking about those strappy, wonderful harness things. I've pretty much called them leather harnesses, although they come in a whole wide variety of shapes and things. And as a matter of fact, I got kind of entranced with this one website on Etsy from the Ukraine that makes so many different kinds of leather harnesses. Now, there's always been a fair amount of those for women. But yes, I've been disappointed sometimes about the lack of supply for men, the lack of offerings. I can remember going to an anime show. And once again, every time I say that, I have to explain, no, I didn't just say anime. I said anime, which is the Adult Novelty Manufacturers Expo. And there's a company called Bijou, and Bijou puts out some beautiful straps and all kinds of things, but literally they only make stuff for women. And it drives me crazy. It's like I look, came up and looked and said, do you make these in sizes for, suitable for men? And they looked really confused. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, come on, man. I want to dress up my guy. I want him to look all hot with the straps and everything. But there is becoming more and more acceptance regarding that. I don't know, you know, it doesn't really matter to me if the acceptance is connected up to what orientation you are, who really freaking cares. But yes, out, uh, in the gay community, there is a fair amount of those leather chest straps and harnesses, I think. And I think probably a good place to find stuff like that is, I think, extreme restraints sells chest harnesses for men and different types of um, leather strappage, so to speak. And I don't know if, I'm curious of, about the site that you found on Etsy because it sounds like you found some really quite decorative ones. And I know that there's basic chest straps, but I haven't really seen ones that are nearly as decorative as the ones that I found on that one Etsy store from the Ukraine. They also sell strap-on harnesses. I've always been reluctant to order from them, despite the gorgeous pictures and the really nice stuff that they 
show because ordering from way over in the Ukraine is always a little bit dicey, although on Etsy it's a better chance than not that you're going to get something decent. But thank you for describing that and telling us the story of, yes, you guys are into leather straps. And you know, there is nothing more fun in my world to have something to grab onto when I am enthusiastically fucking my partner. That's why sometimes I really like having a belt that I can put around them and pull on, especially like in doggy style and stuff. So yeah, straps can be freaking awesome. (laughs) And it also gives me the chance to kind of throw them around a little bit. I know that some of you receivers have expressed the desire to sort of just be grabbed and fucked, kind of like a guy would, but and with with force and confidence and that kind of thing. Now, it can be a little bit of a struggle because we're typically not as strong as the, the givers are not as strong as the receivers. It's the whole gender thing. We just we're just not that strong. So sometimes it can be a challenge to throw you around a little bit, but you know what? Straps help. <laughs> wow, you got me all excited about it now. <laughs> I'm not going to spend any money. I keep telling myself that. Not for a little while. I need to conserve. But thank you so much for writing in and, and painting such a beautiful picture of you and your wife in your leather strappage. <laughs> I had to laugh at your phrasing. Let's see, what was it? Uh, the lava of come it can unleash. Very nice. Very nice words there. <laughs> okay, so thanks for writing in. Here's my next letter, and this one actually I received not too long after I put out podcast number 279. Now, on podcast number 279, I did get that letter from the woman who was really disappointed in older men's ability to do fucking and hold an erection, and I got some reactions to that from some of the guys. I tried to, uh, you know, put my two cents worth in there, and basically I saw it as um, that this woman who was writing in didn't know the reality of the whole situation and honestly was asking, you know, does the ability of men to hold an erection and fuck decline with age? Oh, hell yes, it does. So I talked about that a bit, but this message got sent to me over Instagram and talked about that a bit and also relates to the aftercare podcast Uh, subject that I brought up a little bit later in, in a few podcasts later than that. So here you go. I just heard your latest podcast number 279. It hit me at so many levels you have no idea. Thank you. I'm 52 now and things aren't working like they used to, especially after a traumatic divorce and lots of emotional pain. I have found myself dating older women for several reasons, and one of them being that they value cuddling and touching and just being skin on skin, which is so amazing. I never had that before. I felt like a baby with an older woman who I laid my head on her chest and she embraced me. It was so needed, but I didn't know I needed that. We laid like that, nude for a while, and it was so healing. I also agree on the aftercare, and older women who understand this better do it so much better. Pegging has been an amazing thing for me, and I'm shy to talk about it publicly with people that don't get it, but it's such an amazing release to be on the other end for a while, receiving pleasure and being a woman's bottom. Sometimes I feel like the woman while pegging is happening, and it's not a bad thing. There's a lot of pressure on a man to fuck and fuck hard and to give her multiple orgasms and for her to walk away walking in the clouds because you banged her brains out. 
Don't get me wrong, that too is wonderful, but as you get older, and parts don't always work perfect, there's other things on the menu to enjoy, and some of those that don't include penetration are so needed and precious. Thank you for your podcast. I've been a fan for quite a few years, and I've recommended it to others. Also, I have wondered about a relationship without pegging. At first, I figured it's an easy one to give up next to happily ever after, but then I realized it's part of my sexuality. I'm always creative and wanting to explore, and a single role for me seems boring. My sexuality is fluid, yet with boundaries, of course, but once the door of pegging is opened and you know you love it, it's really impossible to close it back up. Oh, thank you so much for writing that to me, for sending it. Uh, it, That was such a great reflection on some of the stuff that I talked about from a person who clearly could relate to these topics. Aftercare, you know, in my mind, the whole aftercare thing can be just so precious and so wonderful in terms of being held. I don't think there's a human being out there that doesn't want to be held you know, maybe because of trauma and stuff like that, but just being held. And I truly mean exactly like you said, putting your head on someone's chest and just letting them hold you can be incredibly healing and intimate and bonding and wonderful. I think it just feeds the soul almost. I mean, that's a big statement, but that's what it feels like for me, being held and being able to totally relax into someone holding you. And I do think that as we're approaching Movember, right, where we're going to be talking a lot about mental health, that men don't get that often enough. Men are not offered that often enough. I included that subject of aftercare in my webinar really purposefully. And I I talk about it and say, you know, uh, he's probably not going to ask. So wouldn't it be cool if you as the giver were offering that without being asked? And I don't mean to put all the responsibility on the givers, but as we go through What I see as this period of time where men begin to learn how much society has handicapped them in certain areas of emotional expression and being able to be comforted and being able to uh, do things that sometimes might appear weak and, and they learn how to become more whole human beings. And this is not in any stretch of the imagination a criticism. This is what society has done to the vast majority of men out there. I talk about it endlessly, and you're going to hear more about it in the next month because, like I said, November's coming. So I have a bunch of different writings and things that I'm anxious to share with you during this next month while I'm doing my fundraiser for November. So yeah, the man box, the whole thing. I just want to spread the word that, you know, we can hold each other. We can both have times where we really need to be vulnerable, to need help, to need to be held and taken care of and comforted. Just because you're a man doesn't mean you don't want to be held. And aftercare taps into that whole concept really quite beautifully. And it taps into it in in our worlds after the whole pegging thing, which typically brings a lot of vulnerability up to the surface. So that's way cool. I also enjoyed your your self-reflection about wondering about a relationship without pegging. I am right there with you, man. (laughs) I'm making a little bit of a foray into a dating site. It's a new one and there's more kinky people on it because as I've said before, you know, you don't look for kinky people in vanilla places. It's just you're opening yourself up to a lot of frustration. And this particular online dating app 
uh, it has more people in it that are into uh, more unusual stuff. There's a fair swinger presence in polyamory and things like that, but there's also a fair amount of kinky people there. Because long ago, clearly in my world, I decided that if I couldn't peg somebody, I was never going to have a relationship with them. And it's kind of a little further than that, too. I'd really, really like to be able to beat them, too. (laughs) But that's me, and all you listeners get to do you, right? I am also open to having a person I can peg and be cozy with, and then having another partner that I can beat. See, these are the benefits of ethical (laughs) non-monogamy. Oh, and I know everybody is not built for ethical non-monogamy, but it makes me laugh and it opens up the possibilities. It makes me laugh just because I'm delighted that there are other choices, more choices, different choices, and that I have found my way through to embracing those. So yes, but thank you so much for writing all of this. I really appreciate you sending it in and your reflections and it was just quite well written. Thanks again. Here is my next letter. Hi, Ruby. I thought I would share my experience with the joys of solo pegging as an alternative experience to partnered pegging. Your podcasts are great. I hope you're well. The new website looks great. Keep up your awesome work. The house was finally empty except for me for the first time since the pandemic started. It was quiet, cloudy, windy, and a little drizzly outside, but warm enough to have the breeze blow through the windows and caress my naked skin. I was looking forward to this morning's alone time. It had been so long that I forgot just how quiet it can be in the house. My wife was away on a business trip, and the kids were in school. I work from home, so it was quite the adjustment to have the entire family move into the house for the pandemic. This morning I wanted to treat myself and I was looking forward to my daily self-care routine of mindfulness for five minutes and some sort of exercise. This could be running, yoga, biking, or an aerobic workout. I've gotten comfortable over the pandemic of doing my yoga naked. I feel the freedom of movement without clothes. This morning I could feel the breeze blowing through the windows as I prepared for my yoga session on the computer and got my mat out. I am not some youthful buff 20 or 30-something. At 56, I am athletic, eat well, enjoy a glass of wine, but definitely not a hard body, and I don't care. I am me, and over the past few years, I've looked deep inside of myself, actively trying to break out of the man box that I have lived in so silently for decades. I digress. This is about today, this morning. I am looking forward to my yoga, and once that is finished, I'm treating myself for the first time in over a year to a solo pegging ride on our Liberator Bonbon and Fuse Alpha for a nice, long, slow, hands-free session. I could feel the butterflies in my stomach build with the anticipation. My wife and I have had pegging in our lives for almost 10 years, and while she does not love it, she has a hard time thinking about the potential mess that might happen. She's happy to give me the pleasure a few times a year. It is always a treat. As a matter of fact, for the first time earlier this year, she asked me if I wanted it, which just threw me over the moon with joy that she had the idea and that she could ask me. We've come such a long way. I love it when she pegs me. To warm up with my yoga... I do occasionally use a nicely lubed up Fun Factory butt plug that I know will stay put as I do my yoga routine. I've been doing this for a few years and gradual and gentle massaging of my prostate can create intense arousal. Most of the time though it is just pleasurable and today was no different. 
It was challenging for me to keep focused on my breathing and position, my mind being pulled towards what was going to happen next. I enjoyed the challenge of pulling my mind back into my yoga even as that plug worked its gentle magic as I did my kegels, pulling up in my inhales and release during my exhales. It can be mesmerizing as I drift in and out, feeling the gentle movement up across my prostate as I inhaled and back down again as I exhaled. God, it felt good, and it was yoga. After 45 minutes, I felt centered and could feel my entire body just softly vibrating. I was in tune with myself, no shame and no rush. I looked over as I ended my yoga routine and saw the fuse sitting up in the liberator pocket waiting for me on the bed, the lube and towels nearby. I removed the plug gently and lubed up the fuse. My ass felt great and I was relaxed. Today, I just wanted to focus on the feeling of that dildo in my ass. In the past, when I've done solo pegging, it was rushed, more urgent sometimes with porn to watch, and I would quickly stroke myself to orgasm. Not today, I thought. Today, I want to be hands-free and feel the sensations and take my time. As I transitioned from yoga and preparing for the solo pegging, I realized just how different solo and partnered pegging is. Neither is better or worse, just different. With my wife, we are exploring and communicating together. She is more passive and lets me take the lead, and it is a gift to be so vulnerable and open to her as she makes love to my ass. It is intimate and loving with my life partner of almost 30 years, and I'm incredibly grateful that she has joined me on this journey. I also enjoy the solo pegging experience, as I can do it without concern for anyone else. It may be selfish, and that is okay to just want to feel and do it myself. As I looped up the fuse, I slipped on a silicone cock ring. I like the feeling of the snugness around my cock, and let's also be honest, I'm not as young as I used to be. Being in my mid-fifties, it helps add an extra level of firmness. Last but not least, I have come to enjoy from time to time putting on a silicone ball stretcher. It also adds an extra level of pleasure sensation. It's a lot of equipment, but it adds different levels of subtle pleasure that in my youth I would have overlooked, focused on the orgasm at the end rather than the journey. I'd set up the liberator and fuse on the bed to face the headboard so that I could lean against it if I needed to. It was the first time that I had set it up this way, and it really helped allow me to relax as I slowly slid down on the fuse, really slowly. I could feel the slow penetration and leaning against the headboard. I could let it ride there for however long it took. I don't know how much time, it just felt good slowly accepting it and sliding up and down, letting myself feel the sensations build again after my yoga, except that this time the intensity built up quickly. I rode it nice and slow, closing my eyes as I leaned in on the headboard, absorbing the pleasure. It just felt so good. My hand automatically reached for my cock, that reptilian brain of mine driving me toward orgasm, and I brought myself back from the brink, aware that this was not the time to stroke onto the finish. It would have been so easy to do. There was a large drop of clear pre-cum ready to drop. Instead of letting it go, I used my finger to bring it to my mouth, savoring its subtle, salty taste. I ground down now and moved faster and faster. I could feel that tension building. And for a few minutes, I just focused on my breathing as the intensity built to it felt like I was going to explode, still not touching my cock, 
The pleasure was exquisite. Then it felt like it released, but there was no ejaculation, just a gradual coming down of pleasure. My cock was hard and my balls taut and snug in the stretcher. I needed a break, but I did not really consider stroking my cock for the release. I was feeling too much pleasure and could barely think straight. I slowly climbed off and reapplied some lube and then slowly let it enter me again. The added lube felt amazing, and I slid right down again, faster and easier than the first time. I was hungry for it. My arousal already heightened. My hips took on a life of their own, as I really fucked that dildo hard. No longer was my breathing in control. I wanted it all inside me. I was moaning now, talking to myself and moving that cock around. And again, I felt that crescendo building inside. The intensity was greater than the last time. Sweat was dripping off my nose and running down my chest. I rode that cock with abandon, not touching my cock, but so wanting to. I noticed that my stretched balls were slapping against the soft velvet of the liberator, generating a soft yet powerful feeling of pleasure that was adding to the intensity of that cock in my ass. I felt like this time the crescendo of intensity just kept going in waves now. I wanted to come but I couldn't quite get there. It was so close. The pleasure was overwhelming. I was breathing like I had run a sprint. My legs were tired from fucking that cock, and I reached down and somehow had the awareness to go past my cock and just started to gently slap my balls. I'm not sure why I did this. I've never done it before, and all men know that slapping your balls is a really big no-no. It fucking hurts. This was different. It didn't hurt. It just ramped up the pleasure sensation. So I kept slapping them harder and harder as the crescendo kept mounting. Where would it stop? Finally, it started to gradually fade and I slowed down, stopped slapping, and gently rolled off the fuse onto the bed. Exhausted and spent, except that I had not come. I was still hard and the endorphins were pumping through me. I felt like I had pushed through the space-time continuum. All I could do was lay down on the bed and breathe. Gradually, an awareness came over me that I had become multi-orgasmic with what felt like full-body somethings. Were they orgasms? Orgasms had always been that feeling when I ejaculated. This was so totally different, off the charts different, and there was no ejaculation. I looked at the clock and saw it had been an hour. Fuck me indeed. True to my word, I had not stroked off and come. That was something else, earth-shattering. I'm writing this now a few hours after the experience, and though I have come down a lot from the high, I'm still vibrating with intensity. The words are flowing onto the page as I relive the experience and think, what would three times be like? Is this what it is like for women who are multi-orgasmic? Maybe it's the endorphins saying this, but I can understand the attraction now of a pegging gangbang. To be tied up and just be fucked, experiencing orgasm upon orgasm till exhaustion sets in. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was quite a share, Charlie. <laughs> I'm so glad you wrote that down. And part of the reason I'm so glad that you wrote that down is when I teach my classes, I try really hard to explain that this whole prostate stimulation thing is a different kind of sensation. And yeah, you can absolutely use prostate stimulation as just a cool thing to add to increase the intensity of your orgasm with cock stimulation and then have a regular orgasm, right? But there is a whole nother level of 
reaching these peaks and crescendos that have been described to me, since clearly I don't have a prostate, <laughs> as waves of euphoria just, you know, running through your body that can go and go and go. And, you know, I welcome all of you receivers out there that have experienced this to try your best to put it into words as best you can, because the more descriptions I have about this, the better. And especially, you know, I'd, I'd love to have a bunch of them to combine in one podcast so that there's a bunch of different descriptions to allow the receivers that are seeking that type of pleasure to get an idea of what it's like. I think that all too often when people start exploring pegging, they think, okay, this is just a cool thing that makes me orgasm harder and it's pretty bitching and awesome. And then the whole hands-free orgasm quest is misunderstood because they think that it is like a cock-centric ejaculation. So you did such a wonderful job of describing that, quite wonderful and hot too, <laughs> to hear about. Because I'm just talking about the bonbon as a really wonderful toy mount. And you've actually renewed my interest in that glider that I have in my playroom. I think I'm going to put something on that and have a good time myself and do my little self-care thing. You've inspired me, Charlie. <laughs> so thank you so much for writing that in. Really enjoyed reading it. And I'm quite sure that my listeners are going to enjoy it, listening to it as well. Here's my next letter. Hi, Ruby. I recently heard your excellent story on the Body Storytelling Podcast and immediately looked you up. <laughs> I'm going to try to condense this as much as possible as my Asperger's brain has a tendency to wander. As a side note, it was very difficult for me to write this, so if my thoughts seem jumbled, please keep that in mind. I am transgender, female to male, and I have been on hormones for seven years. I wanted to know if your information in webinars are something that would apply to my situation. I'm not a woman penetrating a man. I'm a man with female parts, which I hate saying, but it's the truth and relevant to this situation. Penetrating folks of all genders. Is that pegging? I have had partners in the past request the use of a strap-on, which tends to make my dysphoria skyrocket, but it is still something I'd really like to be able to give my partners. I figured in its most basic sense, a person with my parts using a strap-on to penetrate a partner qualifies as pegging, though I could be wrong. Pegging in general is something I have always found very beautiful, and if that is technically what I would be doing, I want to be able to do it properly and safely. I take that very seriously. I also take my partner's pleasure very seriously. Discussions with partners are of course important. I'm huge on communication, but understanding the basics and having a solid foundation is also important. So to clarify and make it simple, would your information apply to a trans man who is trying to learn how to use a strap-on with his partners? Thank you for your time. Yes, absolutely it would. Um, I'm honored that you wrote me. I'm, I'm glad that you reached out after you heard my story on body storytelling. And I can't recall if in a previous podcast I put the link up, but I'm going to put that up again. Uh, this came from a story I told a long time ago live at a body storytelling competition and get-together thing that lovely Dixie De La Tour does such a good job at. And all of a sudden, she discovered that uh, the sound person who was in a musical group there had recorded these stories. And so she asked my permission to put it up on her podcast, her body storytelling podcast, which you should all check out. It's really, really cool. So I gave my permission and it was a trip. It was like deja vu, you know, hearing myself telling that story 
story up on stage when I listened to the recording. It was way cool. So I'm going to put a link to that so you can all enjoy it. And thanks for writing in. In your situation, well, first of all, let me address the whole thing about the word pegging. The word pegging originated as an extremely gendered word, a woman putting on a strap-on and penetrating a man anally. And that has changed over the years, partly because the gender binary has evolved and broken down, and also because parts of the queer community are adopting the word pegging to mean anybody putting a strap-on on and penetrating anybody. So I would encourage you to not be really be worried about uh, the definition because I'm totally fine with the word evolving like that. It's just that it's important for me to emphasize that I basically teach to prostate owners as receivers and vagina owners as givers. Now, how that might correspond to what you are looking to learn is I can absolutely teach you a lot of things about how to penetrate someone with a prostate with a strap on. And I can also teach you how to fit a strap-on on yourself. Um, I don't know if it would trigger your dysphoria to think about reaching an orgasm with the parts that you have. So I'm not sure about that part, but I definitely teach to vagina owners as givers as well. But all of the strap-on information and also penetrating someone with a prostate and how to do that, how to do it safely, is a lot of great information. So that is the part that I think will match up with what you're seeking really, really well. And there are many, many different kinds of equipment. There are ones that involve what you still have, the parts that you are not so fond of, uh, that are meant to stimulate it. And then there are, uh, there are, there's equipment that absolutely won't do that at all. So you have a lot of choices. And I teach about that in my equipment webinar. So I do think that there's a lot there for you. It's not exactly tailored to what you're looking for, but at the same time, there's a lot there. I'm honored that you sent this in and asked my advice, and I hope that this is of some assistance to you and some help. If you have any other questions, please feel free to write again and let us know how it goes if you want to. And uh, say hello if you take my webinars. I just put up a schedule of the rest of the webinars I'm going to teach for the whole rest of the year. At the beginning of next year, I really, really hope to have all of those three webinars, which are beginners, equipment, and advanced, up recorded and able to be listened to on that platform. Thank you so much for the letter. I love different letters. I love different situations. And again, I'm honored that you sent this in and asked. Okay. And here's another letter. Good day. I follow your page some, and I've read a good bit of the articles, etc. I have a question about my wife and I, and pegging, of course. I very much enjoy butt stuff when she does butt stuff to me. My wife graciously obliges using butt plugs on me, etc. She has pegged me once two years ago. It was okay. She was not really into it. Fast forward to today and she won't peg me anymore. I've asked multiple ways, even for Christmas gifts, etc. She still uses butt plugs on me, but you know how things are. Sometimes I feel like it's just not enough. I really want to try pegging with her more, and sometimes that's, quote, all I want, end quote. 
I feel stuck sometimes. Any suggestions? Should I just put certain things away and not focus or worry about them anymore? I will say we are a very happy couple who work hard for our family and kids. We're committed to one another for life. I just wish she would open up for me a little more, and I'm sure she feels the same way in reverse. Laugh out loud. Curious to hear what you have to say. Thanks in advance. And the subject here is wife still won't peg me parentheses again so and it's from conservative hubby is the person that wrote me this so there's lots of different ways to look at this and once again because i don't know all about your situation all i can do is sort of give you a lot of different perspectives here sometimes potential givers don't like to do the pegging because the equipment really sucked and when they put it on it was difficult to use, it was uncomfortable, or maybe the pegging act itself was difficult because as most of you who listen to this podcast know, fucking someone is an athletic event, so maybe it was just a little too difficult the first time around and she's just not really interested in it. Along with maybe the equipment was cheap, maybe the base of the toy hit her pubic bone, made it sore, there's so many different things that can happen with cheap equipment. On the other hand, maybe it wasn't the discomfort of the equipment. Maybe it was ugly equipment that she hated the look of. Maybe it didn't match her idea of what she would have wanted ideally, like something really feminine with detachable garters or see what I mean? Maybe it was, you know, something too hardcore, leather. There's lots of different ways to look at this. And then there's also looking at it from the aspect of if she has any misconceptions or myths about it. There's this one misconception floating around that seems to really take hold with a lot of potential givers about, oh, if I do this to him, that's all he's ever going to want. And then maybe I won't be able to satisfy him anymore and he's just going to go find some dick somewhere or whatever other misconception there is. If she hasn't listened to podcast number 112, I would suggest that she do that. I know she's already pegged you once and I know she does ass play and things with you, but... Some givers, and here is one more perspective, some givers don't have any of the misconceptions that might be helped by podcast number 112. Some of them just draw the line. It's strapping one on. It's just something they're not interested in doing. And that needs to be respected. If, you know, I am a fan of giving accurate information to make sure that there's no misconceptions and myths and assumptions connected with the whole idea about pegging. And once you have accurate information, only then is that potential giver able to respond to your request as opposed to react to it because they've got these things under the surface that they don't really want to talk about because, or, you know, maybe they have a misconception it's going to be like plowing through shit. I don't know. Maybe it was messy that first time. See, there's so many different possibilities here. Uh, it sounds like you've attempted to rectify this, no pun intended, uh, many different ways and that you've asked for it, like for a Christmas gift and stuff like that. So it's possible that you have done all you can do and you do need to just be happy with the situation as it is. Now, there are other playful things that you guys can do together. There are remote controlled prostate massagers that she can have fun teasing you with. You could even have something like a butt plug in with a remote while you are fucking her. There's different ways that you can get ass play involvement other than just her using a butt plug 
bug on you. Um, that can be really kind of fun and exciting. And you could even have a butt plug in while she has a remote and you guys go out and have dinner at a restaurant. You could do that too. And I'm not sure if she'd be open to that. These are all just suggestions. Uh, I also usually go down the road of make sure your side of the street is clean, but it sounds like from the tone of your letter that you pretty much have that taken care of. But basically what that means is make sure you're the best partner you can possibly be. Keep that person as happy as you can, not only in the bedroom, but outside of the bedroom as well. And that is not only the best thing you can possibly do for your relationship, but it also ensures that they are happy and therefore more likely to want to give you what you really are asking for. Now that doesn't mean they have to give you what you're asking for because we all have our boundaries and our limitations and our hard limits and things like that. And it's possible that that is her line. She just won't cross and you just have to be satisfied with what you have now. It's great that she's willing to do butt play with you and that she hasn't declared your ass like a no-fly zone, <laughs> right? And that she's willing to engage you, you know, butt play stuff. One more thought I had is uh, you could have a situation where you have a dildo in a toy mount, like there's a liberator cushion called a bonbon, and you could be riding that while she jerks you off or gives you a blowjob. And that way it involves her more. So I've talked all around this, but one of the things I want to emphasize is rather than just asking for this every which way you can, you need to try and attend to finding out if she has concerns about it. There's no way you're going to know what those concerns are and try to remedy them or explain them or correct misconceptions or that kind of thing unless you have the communication and talk about it, because it could be so many different things. And that's the point. So rather than pleading and begging and telling her how much it means to you and asking for it, attend to whatever concerns she may have first. Calm the fears, um, answer the questions, uh, explain different um you know, concerns and questions that she might have surrounding pegging. And it, once you do that and you have paid attention to taking care of any concerns or misconceptions that she may have, not only will you know what the situation is better, because maybe she'll just say, look, you know, I don't have any of those misconceptions. I'm totally fine with all this and it doesn't have anything to do with orientation or whatever. I just really don't want to strap it on. I draw the line at that. And that way you'll know and you can move on to other things as opposed to hoping and hoping and waiting for birthdays and Christmas and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Ask, pull that thread and ask for that conversation and see if you can get it out of her gently, so to speak, if she'll be honest with you as to, you know, what's happening with this and please preface that conversation with, you know, any answer that you have is okay. You know, if you don't want to do this, I'll be disappointed. Of course I will. But what I really want is to know exactly how you feel about it. What parts you love, what parts you don't, what parts freak you out, if you have any fears about it, that kind of preface. So that you'll get down to the bottom of this, as opposed to, like once again, <laughs> waiting for Christmas and birthdays and being disappointed in things. You guys need to talk. Yeah, most of the time it is about communication. But that doesn't mean it's easy, and I don't mean to imply that. 
having that conversation can be really uncomfortable, but continuing on like you are can be more uncomfortable. So consider that. I'll put the link for the bonbon in the linkorama for you to take a look at. But yeah, if she hasn't listened to 112, see if that'll make a difference. And if it doesn't, then yeah, you've got someone who'll do butt play with you, but not strap it on. And it sounds like you're pretty happy anyway. So those are the thoughts I have for you. I hope something helps if all of a sudden you end up being fucked with a strap on again. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> Good luck to you, sir. And here is my last letter. Uh, the subject says, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your website. I've been obsessed with pegging my entire life. Actually, I did not even know it's called pegging until this week. I've been referring to this desire by a much cruder, vulgar name, and I did not know what to think about these intense desires. What did it mean about me? I approached my partner about this when we first met, and she was put off. She considered it to be weird and perverted. So I have repressed these desires for the last 20 years, except in my private fantasies. Now, thanks to your website, I realize there is an entire community of potential peggers and hopeful peggies like myself. I understand that there are a lot of people who find this practice pleasurable and satisfying. I am not so perverted after all, and I am not alone in the world in wanting to engage in this practice. I also have learned that there are many pegging contact websites, although I should probably not go to these. <laughs> I suspect there are many professional doms on these sites, which in itself is extremely tempting, but I am still with my partner, so that would be out of bounds. Anyway, I will continue to visit your website and read it with extreme interest and gratitude. Sincerely, relieved but still repressed in New York City. And this is from Russell. Russell, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Everybody gets to decide how quickly they will or will not go down the path of exploring pegging. And some people it's okay to never get there, but just be able to take that deep breath and know that their desires, that their pleasure, that their fantasies are all perfectly okay. And that's the whole thing that I talk about on this podcast about the no shame thing, really. There is no point in feeling shame about something that you yourself are doing to your body that you get so much pleasure out of. And you have, I mean, you know, this is the pinnacle of male pleasure when you involve prostate stimulation. So there's no shame in that whatsoever. I'm glad you are relieved, okay? And if you're thinking about talking to your partner again about this, you've been together for some time. I'm gathering it was some time ago that you first brought that up. And it's possible that things have changed. There's a lot more public information out there circulating now about how great prostate stimulation is for prostate owners and how wonderful pegging can be. It's much more in the spotlight now than it used to be. A whole lot more people are talking about it on the internet and all kinds of places. So it's possible her attitudes may have softened and podcast number 112, I know I keep talking about it, but Russell, if you don't know what that is, podcast number 112 is a podcast I recorded that speaks to a potential giver. 
Okay, and it's the perfect thing to have your hopeful giver listen to after you have introduced the subject of pegging. Okay, because it sounds like there's lots of assumptions and misconceptions going on. And what this podcast does is takes them through those misconceptions and myths and assumptions one by one, gets rid of all those and replaces it with accurate information. I don't try and convince, I emphasize the relationship. So if you're at all interested in that, give it a listen. And at some point in time, maybe you, relieved but still repressed in New York City, will decide that you want her to listen to that. Because who knows what might happen. Things may change and maybe the next 20 years, you'll have her fucking your ass. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever you decide to do, I wish you good luck, and I am glad that my website brought you a measure of relief knowing that you are perfectly fine exactly the way you are. I suppressed my desires for decades, decades and decades. This is why I really encourage people to explore their kinks, because what you, what you, what is that saying? What you resist persists in the kink world. It absolutely does. And that doesn't mean you have to explore it all, but those fantasies typically don't go away. So there you go. But please play away, have fun with that, and know that you are perfectly fine. Thank you so much for writing in. And that is where I'm going to leave it for this time. PeggingParadise.com is where you can find my blogs, podcast, and my erotica. Pegging101.com offers informational pegging articles only with no kink. My podcasts are available through any of your favorite podcast downloader apps. You can also stream it directly from my website if you want to. When you order exciting new toys from EnticeMe.com, remember to use that coupon code RIDER for free shipping. Please send your questions to Ruby at PeggingParadise.com. No question is too hard, too harsh, or too heinous. (laughs) My listeners are going to learn along with you, so please don't hesitate. Throw those questions in my mailbox, or record your question on the voice app of your phone, and send it to me. Thank you for downloading and listening. You rock. Happy pegging, and no shame.